bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobil. And now, today's Word. Well, I'm doing the part two of my message on self-government self-government and my scriptural text is going to be from first timothy chapter 3 verses 1 to 7 first timothy chapter 3 verses 1 to 7 and i read these words this is a faithful saying if a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Now in this passage, there is a clear uh, indication of what is required of leadership. And the setting is that of the church, pastoral leadership. Um, the word bishop there uh, is simply an overseer or a pastor, whom we call pastor now, uh, is what is referred here. But the principles there go beyond the church. They go beyond church leadership or pastoral leadership. It, it speaks about general principles of leadership and how people grow into leadership. And one of the important things you find in this passage is that leadership starts from within and extends out. It starts from within you and it stands out. It doesn't start from outside of you. It starts from inside of you and gradually grows out of there. And I have set out the principles that we can glean uh, from this passage in three levels of leadership and I have also tried to uh, categorize the qualities, the attributes there for those levels of leadership. The first level of leadership uh, that you see in this passage is that leadership is personal or must be personal. The ability to lead yourself. This is where leadership starts from. It starts from yourself. If you want to be a leader, you start by first leading yourself. And there are seven of those 
qualities there that I believe res, uh, refers to self-leadership. It says a leader must be blameless, temperate, sober-minded, have good behavior, not given to wine, not greedy for money, and gentle. These are personal traits that we must cultivate. Blameless means that we must be above reproach. It means to conduct your life with honor and integrity at the personal level, personal integrity, personal honor, keeping your word and living in such a way that people see you as a person they cannot easily blame. To be temperate means to be self-controlled. To be sober-minded means to have a fair assessment of yourself. You don't think too highly of yourself and you don't think lowly of yourself. Now, those are uh, difficult attributes because many times we think too high of ourselves or we think too low of ourselves, but the Bible says we should be sober-minded. Think of yourself as you are. To have a good behavior means to act wisely. Not giving to wine means to be in charge of your mental faculties at all times. Be able to think clearly, not impairing your thinking, not, not putting something to your system that disturbs the way your mind works. Not greedy for money means to live within your means. To be gentle means to be courteous and respectful. That is personal leadership. Personal leadership. So if somebody says, I'm... I'm a leader, the first thing you want to look at is his personal life. Does he think soberly? Is his mind correct? Is he impairing his own sense of judgment? Does he live with integrity? Is the person balanced? Is they, are they sober-minded? Do they live within their means? Are they greedy? Are they always trying to extend themselves? Because if you are greedy privately, you know that you'll be greedy publicly too. The problem of corruption we talk about in public office doesn't start when people have public positions. It starts in their private life. If you can't regulate your own income and expenditure and you're always outspending yourself, you're spending money you don't earn even when you are broke, then you would be corrupt when you get into power. It's as simple as that. If you don't know how to manage your expenses, because you know, in life you're not ever you're not gonna have everything you need in life. But the virtue of life is that you should be able to live within your means. If you start borrowing when you are broke, you start borrowing from government coffers when you are a minister of state. Not greedy for money. Gentle, being catchers, being respectful. These are personal attributes. So leadership starts at the personal level. Lead yourself. And then it goes to the second level. That is the private level. Lead your family or your friends. Not only just lead yourself, but lead a small group of people. This is leadership at a close or intimate level. And Paul actually says, if you cannot do this, then you shouldn't be able to go to level three of leadership. Now, what are the qualities at the level two of leadership? At the private level, he says, must be husband of one wife. And a wife of one husband. Works both ways. Now, what, what, why is he saying must be husband of one wife? It means you must be faithful and loyal. 
If the person closest to you, you can be loyal to them, how can people you don't know think you'll be loyal to them? The person you vow to, the person you say you love the most in this world, you cheat. Then how can we guarantee that we who you haven't made a vow to and don't know and don't sleep on the same bed with are safe? So he says, he, at the private level, you must be faithful to the people closest to you. Now, if you're not married, you still be faithful to your friends, to your brothers, to your sisters. Be, be faithful, be loyal, be committed. Your yes is yes, your no is no. People who are close to you must know, must be able to say, that man, that woman is dependable. So when God gives you a small group of people to lead, if it's a family or it's a friendship or it's a small group in your school, that small group must always be able to say, this man, this woman is loyal, is faithful. You can trust him. Now, if, if, if you want to put somebody in leadership and his wife tells you, I don't trust him, and he, or the husband tells you, I don't trust her, I think you are taking a very severe risk putting them in charge of higher responsibility because the ones who should trust them don't trust them. So this private leadership, husband of one wife, one who rules his house well, that means that he takes charge or he handles that small responsibility well. He's not violent, doesn't mistreat other people, is not quarrelsome. Now, there will always be a time when you disagree with somebody else or disagree with people who are close to you. Husbands and wives disagree, but that does not mean you are quarrelsome. Quarrelsome is when you are always insisting on your way, my way or no way. A person who thinks that way, my way or no way, is quarrelsome. Everything becomes an argument. Everything becomes an issue. Is it white or black becomes an issue. Should we take a taxi or not becomes an issue. So everything becomes an issue. When you are quarrelsome, everything becomes an issue. Everything becomes an argument. Everything, because you can't even allow people to have a different opinion. That's the leadership at the private level. Not quarrelsome, hospitable, open to people, generous to people, kind to people. Now, if I want to judge somebody to put into leadership, at the public level, the Bible says, look at the personal. Are they blameless? Are they temperate? Are they sober-minded? Do they have good behavior? Are they mentally sound, not giving to wine, not greedy for money, gentle? Then I have to look at the private, the small responsibilities they've had, whether as family members or friends or the small group. Have they been faithful? Have they managed that small responsibility well? Are they argumentative, always insisting on their own? Are they open to other people? Are they nice? Are they catches? Are they gentle? Then you go to the third level of leadership, public leadership. And in the immediate context, it talks about leading the church. But as a principle, it goes beyond leading the church. It's leading the community, leadership at a higher level. And leadership at a higher level, there are four things there picking from the list. Not a novice, not a novice. The person doesn't have to be immature. You can put somebody who just popped up into a leadership position. You have to try them. They should have managed well their personal life, managed well 
their family life or their small responsibility before you give them a bigger responsibility. Not a novice, not immature. Able to teach, that means they must be skillful. Because in the context, the pastor is going to teach. You can't put a, somebody in the pulpit who doesn't know his A from B and comes to tell Bible stories every Sunday, boring everybody. He must be skillful. He must be able to rightly divide the word of truth. In the larger context also, if I want somebody to be my chief accountant and, or head of finance and the person and my organization employs maybe 300 people, I'm not going to pick somebody who just chatted from finance school or somebody who just has an RSA stage 3 to come and handle that finance at that level. No. You're going to take somebody who has handled a higher responsibility. That's why most of the time when you're going to take a job, they ask you for experience. They ask you for experience. Now, experience is relative. If the company is a, is a small company, you can leave from university and go and work there and have experience. If the company has a large staff and there are different levels, you can leave from university and have experience at the lowest level. But nobody's going to pick you from university without any prior experience at the lower level and give you the top job. You have to have experience. So the Bible says at the public level, make sure you don't put a novice there. Because when you put a novice there, the Bible says they're going to be lifted up in pride and they will destroy themselves. Sometimes we see it politically when people whom everybody knows is not qualified for a ministerial position is given a ministerial position, the first thing you see is pride and arrogance and they destroy themselves. That's what the Bible says. It's just there. It's black and white in the Bible. If you put a novice in power, they will be proud. They will be proud. If I pick any one of you and tomorrow make you senior pastor of this church, you will be proud. Because you have no substance, you have to lift yourself up you will sit on that chair, cross your legs, and start giving instructions. Because you will think that is how I, am, I must be senior pastor. Because you haven't grown. But I didn't sit on this chair yesterday. I started from a classroom. I have grown my way up to this place to be able to sit in that place. Not a novice. You don't put a novice in public office. Not a novice. Able to teach that is skillful, not covetous. Because you know what happens, they will steal all the money. <laughs> and having a good testimony, that means that people respect them. They have a good brand. So you find from this passage that there is a leadership pathway. Now for all of us who want to be great leaders, and every one of us wants to be great leaders. I want to be a great leader, you want to be a great leader. But for every one of us who wants to be a great leader, we have to know there is a path to the top. There is a process to get to the top. You start first at the personal level, develop the personal qualities that makes people trust you. The second is that you would have a private opportunity to lead, maybe your family or a small group or, or friends, or just as a small level, private leadership. Make sure you execute it well. And then you have a big opportunity. And when the big opportunity comes, you will be able to handle it because you've handled it personally at the private level and at the public level. Leadership is a journey. It grows. We grow into leadership. Even if God has called you to greatness, you have to start personally, privately, and publicly. 
If God says, my son, my daughter, I will make you the head and not the tail, you still have to start personally, privately, and publicly. David was anointed king, but he started with sheep and went his way out, leading a small troop in the army and then leading a larger group in the army and then leading a nation, although he had a prophecy on his head. The fact that God says he'll do great things with you and through you does not mean you will jump to the top instantly. If you jump to the top instantly, you will self-destruct. I can guarantee you that. If you sit in a throne you are not ready for, the throne will eat you up. It will destroy you. To be a self-governed person, we must be able to govern four important areas of our lives. Four important areas of our lives we must be able to govern, to be self-governed people. The first area that we must be able to govern is to govern our hearts. Govern our hearts. Govern your heart. Take charge of your heart. Why is that important? Psalm 16, verse 5 to 8, and then Luke chapter 21, verses 16 to 19. Very important statements there. Psalm 16, verse 5 to 8 says, O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lions have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. If you remember, it was in our declaration last year. Verse 7, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart instructs me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Note the phrase in verse 7, my heart also instructs me in the night seasons. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. Luke chapter 21, verse 16 to, 7, uh, to 19. In this passage, Jesus is talking about what will happen to his disciples after he has gone. He says they'll be persecuted, they'll be brought before magistrates, and, and all kinds of uh, adversities will come against them. And, and he, he tells them what to do when those things happen. Luke 21, verse 16 to 19. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, relatives and friends. And they will put some of you to death. And you'll be hated by all for my name's sake. But not a hair of your head will shall be lost. Verse 19. By your patience, possess your souls. By your patience, possess your souls. My heart instructs me in the night seasons. By your patience, possess your souls. If you're going to be a self-governed person, you have to govern your heart. You have to govern your heart. What does it mean? You have to listen to the spirit within. Listen to the spirit within. I want you to know the phrase once again. My heart instructs me in the night seasons. Leadership is seen in the time of adversity. Great leaders emerge in times of danger. When there's time of comfort, you don't see leaders. It's when we are in a crisis that leaders emerge. And the passage says that in the night season, 
Our hearts must instruct us. What does that mean? Every leader goes through night seasons of life. What does it mean to go through a night season of, of life? It's go through a season of darkness when things are not clear in your life, when things are not working too well in your life, when you can't seem to know what the next step is, when everything it seems to be going wrong in your life. When you go through a nice season, it seems as if the whole world has come against you. Nothing works for you. Nobody seems to be on your side. You seem to be losing everything. And, and things are just going negatively around your life. When, when you go through that, it's very easy for your heart to panic. It's very easy for you to hear the voice of chaos from outside and panic and do something very silly with your life. Most of the time, the problem of leadership is not what is happening to you, it's how you are responding to what is happening to you. So what do you do when you're going through a night season of your life and when everything seems to be wrong in your life? The Bible says our hearts must instruct us. In other words, instead of allowing the, the circumstance to speak to you, you must let the spirit within you speak to you. When David was going through such a night season, his, his, his army had returned from battle. Their village is burnt up. Their wives, their children have been taken. Their property is taken. The Bible says the people are thinking of stoning him. Everybody is grieved. But the scripture makes this insertion and David encouraged himself in the Lord. What was he doing? His heart was instructing him in the night season. Now many of us or some of us are in the night season of our life and your heart is not instructing you. Fear is instructing you. News is instructing you. What people are telling you is instructing you. Newspaper is instructing you. Radio is instructing you. But a true leader, when you go through a night season, your heart instructs you. You allow the voice of the spirit within you to speak to you. A self-governed leader is one who is able to listen to the voice of his spirit when everything is going wrong about them. To govern your heart means to listen to the spirit within. It also means to learn to be quiet when in trouble. To learn to be quiet when in trouble. No panic. Don't jump out of the boat. Psalm 46 verse 10, God says, be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. In Exodus 14 verse 13, Moses says to the people right in front of the Red Sea, when the sea is closed shut before them and the fair army of Pharaoh behind them and they have no, no recourse to deliverance. They are panicked. Moses says to them, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which you accomplished for you today. For the Egyptian whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. Be still and know that I am God. Stand still. If you're going to be a great leader, you have to learn to keep the stillness of your spirit even when everything is breaking out loose. In your life. If you don't do that, you're going to hear panicky things and you're going to act panicky. 
Many times the biggest mistakes we make in life, we don't make them because of what is coming against us, but how we respond. People jump, people react, people do something very stupid. They, they take a very risky step. They see there's a crisis coming and they want to be free and, and, and they do something more dangerous and get into more calamity. But the true leader governs his heart. Let your spirit speak to you in the night season and be still and know that he is God. There are many times that I've gone through situations when everything seems just to be going wrong. But I've learned over time just being still itself without even knowing what to do. Just possessing your soul and not panicking is probably the most important step you will take because it helps you to clarify the next step you must take and it helps you to know exactly what to do after that. So I'm here to tell you, govern your heart. Govern your heart. Jesus says, in patience, possess your soul. In other words, he's saying, when, when they bring you through all these dangers and things are going on around you, possess your soul. Keep yourself together. A leader keeps himself or herself together. Don't panic. Don't run. Don't tell everybody about your problem. Don't complain to everybody. Don't seek help from everybody. Don't run from one prophet to the other. You will end up collecting all kinds of spirits and confused prophecies. You went in with a financial problem, you will end up with enemies you don't need to have. Because they're going to tell you, your wife is the one who, who has been swallowing your money in the night. Your mother-in-law is the one who is sitting on your wealth. Now you have a financial problem, you have a domestic problem as well. Possess your soul. Be still. Govern your heart. Because leadership is about self-governance. And the first thing you govern is your heart. And David says, the Lord is on my right hand. Therefore, I shall not be moved. You have to learn to lean on God's faithfulness. Many times when things are going wrong, the only thing assurance you have is God is faithful. And somebody says, how, how are you going to come out of this? You say, God is faithful. But, but how? God is faithful. So how is it going to happen? God is faithful. He will not allow me to be tempted beyond what I can bear. And with every temptation, he'll provide a way of escape. God is faithful. Are you sure tomorrow it will be there? God is faithful. If you don't get it, you are dead. Oh, God is faithful. What else can I do? God is faithful. Possess your soul. Be still and know that he is God. One of the signs of a leader is not to panic when everything is panicky. And not to make a silly decision when silliness is happening all around you. You have to govern your heart. Tell the person next to you, possess your soul. Possess it. Possess it. It will be all right. Say, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know. If you knew what I was going through, you wouldn't say it's all to be all right. What should I say? To be worse? <laughs> Is that what you want me to say this Sunday? It's going to be worse. And I'm telling you, this one, you won't survive. Is that what you want? 
Tell the person next to you, possess your soul. Tap them, tap them and say, possess your soul, possess your soul. It will be all right, it will be all right, it will be all right. Be still, be still, be still. Don't jump, don't jump. Don't do something funny. Don't kill yourself. Don't destroy. Just keep still. God will come through for you. He's a faithful God. You have to govern your heart. Novices don't know how to govern their heart. It takes maturity to learn to govern your heart. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email otebil at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.